Hey guys, it's Scott from fxmissions.com. Just a note, I've finished the trilogy of anthologies from the forefront, and all three books are currently available on Amazon. This podcast made possible through the partnership of Engaging Mission Show, bringing missions home, and encouraging you to hear a message, make connections, and take action. Find out more at engagingmissions.com. Welcome to From the Forefront, an FX Missions podcast. Stories about courageous souls who felt the call of missions and obeyed. Hi, Scott McClelland here with your From the Forefront FX Missions podcast. Thanks for joining us. We, uh, we've got the great good fortune of having Daniel Court on with us today. He was recently with us for a leadership moment, and we enjoyed the time very much. Daniel, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me here. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Well, on this podcast from the forefront, we're trying to feature ministries or missionaries or or people who are making a story in uh, the missions context who are stepping out, taking action, you know, really engaging the culture or the Great Commission or, you know, those kinds of things in a way that is uh, unique and forward leaning. That's the kind of things that we like to highlight. I had the good fortune of meeting you and staying with you guys there in Germany going on a month ago now. So thanks for having me and us. We know each other through uh, our mutual friend, Tony Hedrick, also with ACCI. Mm. It's been great to meet you guys. It was wonderful, wonderful time with you guys and to learn and discuss and have late discussions till late at night. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did. Great. We had some of those. We sure did. I was yeah. I was very inspired by the time there. And, and it, being my first time in Germany, thank you guys so much for making me feel welcome. I, I really, I, you know, I even had a huge dream. When I was at your house that I felt like was very significant spiritually to me, in many ways, I would uh, think that that comes from the spiritual context that you guys had in your home. So wonderful family. Hey, actually, you know, this is part of our prayer. As a family, we pray when people enter our house that they will meet the Lord. If they're Christian or not Christian, that is part of our regular prayer. So wonderful to hear that. <laughs> well, that that I can tell you I did. I, I've had a number of dreams over the years that, you know, you could just tell this is this is important. Don't 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 right. uh, don't overlook this. And that was one of the top five dreams of my life. I guess I've had a whole bunch of them over the years, but that was really, really uh, important. So we mentioned Germany. We mentioned a little bit about me recently being there with you guys, but you're in Siegburg, Germany, I, as you'd indicated. I'm trying to get the pronunciation right. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. Until you can hear a language, you cannot reproduce it. And my German is non-existent so far. So, But uh, your English is awesome. So thank you for, for making what the Lord has uh, woven into your heart available to English speakers by knowing the language. And I know you spent some time in the States, but where are you from originally, Daniel? Well, I am I am originally from Germany, even though I was born in Estonia and my parents grew up in 
Ukraine, Russia, or that that time, mm. it was part of the Soviet Union. My ancestors are German who emigrated in 1700s to Ukraine, now the Ukraine, so former Russia. And so my parents grew up there and being involved in mission in the church, which was a persecuted church, of course, during the communist time. Uh, and, yeah. then, and then coming back to Germany in 75 and basically on the way back They stopped at Estonia, where I was born, and when we came to Germany, I was five weeks old. So ah, okay, okay. So very interesting. You were born on the run, then. It sounds like you were, yeah. as your parents were traveling back from where they had fled with the communist sort of di different kinds of persecution. It sounds like you may have gotten more than one kind of persecution over time in terms of the Christian. Uh, community you guys were part of yeah so they have not run away from the persecution to come to germany they were persecuted as christians but also as germans you know after the second world war there was oh. not a good relationship yes. between russia and german and so the russian mm. thought that those germans will hook up with the german regime and so they had a pressure uh -huh. from both sides but in the 70s germany opened up the border for former germans to, to come back so that was a chance uh them to come back as and be in, integrated back in Germany. Oh, excellent. Okay. I appreciate the clarification on that picture. That's that's helpful. I uh I've grown up myself in the US, that landlocked, you know, that country that is culturally landlocked, yeah, you know. Right. Unlike Europe, we don't have a lot of the same kinds of history and those kinds of things don't come naturally to our our experience, so it's helpful to understand more what people are going through. You're raised uh, Christian, Christian home, Christian family, many generations. That to me is something to really be thankful for. At some point in your life, in your young life, you were interested in ministry or missions. How did you get started on the mission side? I grew up in a Christian family, as you mentioned, but also in a basically missionary family. My parents were involved in mission work already in Russia, which means the church was persecuted. So they had a lot of underground churches meetings. They also mm. did some illegal Bible printing that time in, in, in Russia. So my father was involved mm. already before they came to Germany with um, helping the the persecuted church, basically. So when we came ah. to Germany, there was a group of people, my father was one of the group, who started a mission which supported the the underground church in Russia. So they started a mission called Friedenstimme here in Germany and basically had a lot of literature smuggled into Russia to help the persecuted church with Bibles. And so for me, growing up, it was part of normal life that mission is, is everywhere and my father was often gone, but he was not telling us too much because many of the things were too dangerous to share. So, But we we basically grew up knowing that there are Christians out there, Christians who are persecuted. There's people around the world, Christians who need help, either by literature or sometimes uh, humanitarian aid. So growing up with that mm. was normal, but I have not personally thought about this, what I want to do. I mean, that was, it was just what my dad did. 
the first time I actually had any kind of thought about mission was when I was 14 years old. And it didn't came from my parents or through my parents, even though they were involved in missions. It, it just came from my Sunday school teacher. She went somewhere on vacation and she sent me a postcard. And on the postcard, she said, Daniel, I believe God has a special plan for your life. Mm. And this took me completely off my normal thinking. I mean, why would you write something like this on a postcard? I have never thought about that the Lord might have a specific call on my life. I mean, everyone goes to church, everyone works, some people do this and that, but is there something specific the Lord actually has has worked out for me? Or does he sees me as a group of a church of 500 people and everyone is supposed to do something? So that was stuck in my head. So I put the postcard away and every time I cleaned my room or I have to change the room, I would go through my documents, paper, and I would see that card. And I was reminded. And every time it came back that maybe the Lord has a plan. It, it, it sounded to me exciting. You know, maybe there's mm-hmm. life is more exciting or there's more to it than just job, church, family. If there's something specific I need to look out for. So so that that started, I think, the process of checking the Lord and wondering, is there something which the Lord has in mind for, for me and for my life? Wow. Wow. Very, very, very cool. I don't know if your Sunday school teacher uh, anticipated the kind of uh, impact that was coming there, but that is... No, she definitely not, because I asked her a couple of years later if she remembered sending me that card. She didn't even remember sending me the card. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> well, so, hey, the Lord remembered that it was sent, and he didn't let you forget. So right. that's uh, 14 years of age. What What a beautiful... Mm initiation or initial inspiration. So along your trajectory and missions there, uh, do I remember it right that you spent some time here in the U.S. with some training and such as that in ministry? Yeah, with uh, with 20, I went to, to the States and I did a voluntary service with Eastern Mennonite Mission. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if that is I'm supposed to... <laughs> say the name so so you you choose if that is oh that's that's fine sure yeah that's awesome and where were you at in the states i was in pennsylvania uh-huh first for there was a psych some kind of uh, entry preparation it was basically mm-hmm. a short discipleship training center and then i okay. went to to birmingham alabama for a year and another year to americas georgia and we worked with okay. Habitat for Humanity, uh, building houses, and were involved in a local church. That sounds exciting, and you you learned all about the southern part of the U- of the U.S. That is uh, being in Birmingham and in and in uh, Georgia. Wow. I, I learned a different kind of English I've never heard in my life before. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've got uh, good friends from Georgia. And I can fully understand what you're saying right now. So that's yeah, but but cool. I loved it. Yeah, it was a I loved it. experience there. What 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 are some things that come to mind that you remember with fondness about that time? Well, that time it was the first four weeks where we had a discipleship training, and that was uh, intensive. I have not 
been aware that it was a discipleship training. I only thought we will go and work with Habitat for Humanity. So I was not prepared digging into the scripture, learning, and having a lot of rules and regulations because it was a tight setting of 40 people. Uh-huh. So I learned first of getting along with other people, international people, fighting, arguing, trying <laughs> to understand the, the culture, American culture, the, the Christian culture. I mean, every country has its own culture, even the Christians in every country and mm-hmm. denomination. So, so being just 20 years old, you just want to explore the world. It was a challenge, plus language, of course. My English wasn't as, as good, so I felt the dogs understood more English than I do because they would <laughs> they would react to them, <laughs> but I didn't understand what they were saying. Um, so all of that, all of that uh, becomes brings you to a place where you start thinking of, okay, what do I want to achieve during this time? What I'm, how do I find friends? How do I uh, get along? Yeah, and, and, and seeing where do you get help if you're tired, you know, if you're tired of life, you know, here back home, you have friends you grow up with, you have church, you have soccer teams, I played in a soccer team, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, your whole secure environment is gone, so you start uh, dealing with those issues, where do you get help and who is able to, who you can connect with. And being deep in the discipleship training, I learned a lot about faith, about leadership, people who led me, even bad decisions, even things which I didn't understand, didn't follow. But, you know, you can learn from the good and bad decisions leaders do. And so that was a very life-changing experience for two years, being out of the house, out of the country, and dealing with culture, language, and yourself, basically yourself. Because you cannot hide right. living with other people constantly. You cannot hide your weaknesses also. Wow. That that does sound intense in so many ways, especially with your support structure, your support system removed, mm-hmm. the normality of your life getting totally changed around. You start to get mm-hmm. a redefinition of a lot of these things. And I, I think I've seen that having been involved with missionary training and stuff for some years, I've seen that happen. But I think for those of us who maybe never experienced that before, it's hard to understand just how impactful that, that really is. It's, it really shake you up and either cause you to go maybe in one of two directions. You either go deeper into true security in your relationship with the Lord or you can go the other way, and we've all seen people who went the other way, who had looked for security and pleasure or in fame or in reputation or in some other way. So that's powerful, powerful time there. Yeah, th- those two years plus additional right afterwards when I start working with the same mission organization in leadership position, I would still call as the most intensive time I had in growing spiritually, getting to know the Lord, just as you mentioned, when things get so so tough and you don't have the support you usually have at home or place to refuge, place to run away. Um, you have to face those issues. You have to face mm-hmm. most of all yourself. Yeah. And, and I would still say I have met the Lord in such deep ways during those times that I have not seen it in a Bible college. 
I've also visited a Bible college later. Mm -hmm. I have not mm -hmm. seen that in, in normal life, but the intensive time with the Lord where he met, where he spoke, where he mm -hmm. revealed himself was so great that, that even years later and up till now, I like to think back and say, I know there is a God. I know that he speaks. I know that he works because those, those experiences um, were just tremendous in my life. And even now I said, you know, after a while, every life can become so normal. You know, you do your job, you do your work, if it's ministry or not. And you might forget that the Lord is a great God who wants to speak, who wants to do things, who, who wants to challenge you, who has great mm -hmm. things in store. And I always think back and say, no, I know there is a God who does speak, who does reveal himself, who does give the answers, who points you to a direction, who is not keeping you from falling, but he's there when you fall. I mean, those deep experiences mm. are helpful to know. I'm not building on just experiences. I'm not saying I want to experience those feelings, or, but it helps me to know the Lord is there and he is part of, of my life and uh, around me if I feel it or not. Wow, that's powerful. Those are incredible times, and I'm thankful for some seasons just like the ones you're talking about in my life that have forever mm. placed that in my heart. It, it put it in my heart in a way it could never be taken away. So thank, mm. thank you, Lord, for that. So I find it interesting that I really didn't know it before this time, though I know a little bit about what you're doing now. I find it interesting that your dad was involved in some printings of scripture and some other mm -hmm. things like mm -hmm. that, because mm -hmm. right. that really connects to what, at least one of the things that you're doing. What What is your main emphasis or your main contribution that you're making in the mission side now? What are, what are you up to, Daniel? People would say that I'm stepping stepping in the shoes of my dad. <laughs> but but not because of him. That is so interesting. I right. do. I yeah. am involved in literature, Bibles, uh -huh. printing Bibles, doing, distributing, planning where Bibles need to go in places where it's hard to go or people need to, where they don't have a chance to hear just to buy a Bible. So we are much involved in, in Asia, Africa that part of the world and mm. we have a print shop in Sri Lanka where we are printing and working with all very different mission organizations together who have the same mind and vision to bring the gospel to the end of the world. There's um, difficult countries, close countries, some open countries, but also working together with organizations who translate the Bible, who are making even a script or a language of people groups who are very tiny, very small, developing a script, bringing the New Testament to them. And so we are part of, of all of those projects. And also the main part is printing, but also working with mm -hmm. those organizations to, to make those projects come alive. I think for a lot of us who are living in the developed world, we sometimes lose lose touch with the idea or we're we're not we're not super aware of the fact that the bible is not abundantly available in every language and and we certainly don't realize that there are people who have languages that have never been written mm, you know right. there is no written language it's a com 
complete oral history. It's a complete mm. oral communication system. And so the, the steps that have to be taken to be embedded in these places that only have oral languages, and then you have to learn their language, and then, then someone has to put that into a written script, and they have to teach the people who are speaking the language, the script for their own language, and then you have, it's a lot, it seems like a really long process to get the scriptures in those languages. Yeah, that's right. The process is long. The means, what it takes is, is huge, and I'm always seeing it as a chain. You know, a chain has a lot of individual, I don't know how do you call those parts? Links. 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 Right. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I see ourselves being one part, one link in the whole chain, mm-hmm. but right. being connected to a huge chain. And this is what we see. You need people, first of all, who study the language or who teach people how to translate. You need funds for that. You need usually a network of people because one or two people cannot do it. So you need a bunch of people who are willing to, mm-hmm. to do the original search. But then you also need the, when you get the script, what do you do with it? Who's going to print it? Who's going to, you know, who's going to look over the copyrights? Who's going to deliver it? Who's going to distribute it? Who's going to teach them? So there's so many people and different missions involved from the time of translating to the time or people where you sit in people's homes and explain them the gospel. And then the, the follow-up, the, the discipleship, the church planting, and, and then sending, out, sending them out to their neighborhood. And, and, and we see, we, being in the middle of the link, we see to the left and to the right, we see the whole thing, how God tremendously, miraculously put people in the right place in the right time and churches and organizations who fund individual steps in the midst of it. That is a, a huge, when, you know, it's a gift when you're allowed to, mm-hmm. to see the little links you cannot put together. No, no person is able to put the whole chain together and it, it natural flows, natural flows together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes easier, sometimes yeah. more difficult, but it's an incredible picture. Wow. You know, I, I've gotten a little more familiar with since talking to you and getting to know what you guys do, but also through your recommendation to me of a book when I was there, you recommended to me the book An Asian Harvest. Thank you very much for recommending that book, by the way. That was yeah, very, very good book. Inspiring, I think challenging. So much, so much good in that book. And so I, I would certainly like to recommend it to anyone here listening, an Asian harvest. You can find that. I think I got it on Kindle, so it was you know it's available on Amazon, probably also in a printed form. Help me understand more about the chain of events and individuals and resources and work. That chapter, two things come to mind as you're saying that. Number one, the chapter, a donkey for Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because somebody's got to get that Bible across into countries where it might not otherwise be available. And number two, the greatest missionary was another one of the chapters in that book says the Bible is the greatest missionary. Mm. It's never silent Mm. and it doesn't go on furlough. (laughs) Right. It doesn't need a furlough. It doesn't need a break. And I, I, I think again, for those of us who are, 
used to having multiple copies of the scripture available to us and, you know, electronically and in every way that is something that we don't realize many of us, but that I have noted it from the book that there, there are many people who do recognize that need from all over the world, like yourself Mm. and who are getting involved. So you guys are, you guys there in, in Sri Lanka, you're printing Bibles for the persecuted church. You're, you're printing Bibles for the underground church. You're printing Bibles to end up in places where there are security challenges to getting that. I know right. we need to be sensitive here in, in how we characterize this. I want to just recognize that and honor that, that you guys are part of a courageous chain of people, resources, and efforts that are getting the scriptures into the hands of people who maybe only had a page of scripture or who have never seen the Bible, but are believers in Jesus Christ and are are waiting for that resource. Do, am, do I have that right? Absolutely, absolutely. Our our motto is to serve those who serve. You know, like we said, I'm, we are we are part in the link, but we want to provide Bibles as cheap as possible, good quality as possible to the people who really need it. We are not trying to build up a company, a business, where we just do printing and get the the most orders we can. It is fully mission-oriented. There's people out who need the gospel. We know that the gospel Mm -hmm. is, is what every person needs to grow, to find the Lord, to have life change experience. You can have people who, Mm -hmm. who explain it to you. You need those too, but sometimes you're just by yourself. And, and, and so this word needs to go out. So our challenge is not to get huge orders. We are weekly on our knees and asking the Lord, Lord, who should we connect to? Who should we see and partner with? We don't want just any orders. We not just want people to waste our time who just, you know, just building up a good company, business. And, and mm-hmm. we, we want to be strategic in, in what the Lord is doing. We are not the biggest one. There are bigger ones and better ones out there. But the heart is fully dedicated is what is out there, Lord? Where are you working? What is going to happen in the world? What country is going to closing? What country is going to open? When is the right time to deliver what Bible in, in what places? And we do see those, um, how the Lord opens up, like, you know, when you call the Arab Springs, you know, when, mm-hmm. when this was coming into place a couple of years ago and, and things are starting to move, we were asked to, to produce 20, 40, 60, up to 120,000 Bibles, Arab Bibles. Mm. And we had them ready when doors were open to send it to the right place. And it went to many countries in, in the Arab world. Wow. And there's a timing thing because it takes time to print 100,000 Bibles, you know. So, yeah. so yeah. we need to yeah. know. So we ask the Lord, show us what is happening in the world before it happens, actually, so that we are prepared and are able to be effective in your kingdom by spreading the word. Wow. You know, that's key information because if you have everything amassed, you have the resources, you have the the Bibles and you miss the window of opportunity. Right. It's it, it goes against frustrates the grace and the effort that you're yeah. that you're committing yourself to. I thought it was really interesting while we were there. Won't get into it in too much detail. When we were there, I think in some of our conversations, my eyes were opened to, uh, you know, a lot of the countries that are trying to make the world believe that they are open mm. are, in fact, anything but open. Yeah. 
And some of the places where we think they're close to the gospel, Mm. those countries are actually not. Having that information from the Lord and and from the resources and and sources on the ground Mm. is incredibly, incredibly important for that kind of effort. Exactly. So so there's so many information and news out. You know, there's the internet. You have any kind of information you can gather. There's the political statements of the countries. Uh, there's so many different news channels where you can get information. There's so many mission organizations out in different places who have certain information. Some are more correct, some, mm-hmm. some are not so correct. So where do you start? And that is the biggest challenge. Who do you listen to? Who do you partner with? And so trying to be effective and not just doing a job and, you know, just doing some printing, that is a challenge I think we have always constantly coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, send us people which are from you, which have the same mindset. Or, you know, where do you want us to be involved in? You know, we are asking now, Lord, for the next five years, what are countries, places, Mm -hmm. people groups, organizations, churches we should partner with? in order to reach those you wanted to reach. So this means the sensitivity of the Lord. And we see it again and again, where we incidentally bump into people and all of a sudden we, we, we realize, wow, we're working on the same kind of same ideas, you know? And so, uh, and yeah. that's what we have seen over the last years, tremendous, how the Lord sent people or for some reason, people connected us with other organizations and we are able to, to plan projects together. And and see results and getting both your mission and their mission further down the road, mm. which, you know, getting the Great Commission further down the road, exactly. which is what we're all working on. And there's a thousand, you know, just like any army that's put on the field, mm. there's a thousand people or, or there is a very large number of people, let's say it that way, for every for every soldier that's on the field, there's a lot of people behind that person mm, and a lot of working infrastructures to put that person successfully on the field. So, Lord, give us strategy and wisdom and open our eyes and our hearts and our ears and our minds and help us see where you're leading us and who we connect with to anything right. worthwhile is a team effort, you know. Yeah. So, and that's what you're talking about, a team. Right. You have a team and then you're connected to a much bigger team of teams exactly. that are all they're all diffused over a large yeah. territory and a large uh, geography and thank the Lord for getting a vision for I think that's one of the things that you're sharing with us here that's inspiring me is getting a vision to be a link meaningful mm. Mm. And significant, but yet a link, one link in the chain that we make our contribution and we move it forward. Very inspiring. Very inspiring. Now, I I know that for a while you lived in Sri Lanka. We talked a little bit about that. I know that was a different world for you. How long did you live there? Um, We lived there for five years. My wife and two children. That time, my daughter was two years. My son was seven months old. We moved to Sri Lanka uh, to work with the print shop. That's how we started. And yeah, and now we are already back in Germany for five years, mm. but still working full time for the print yeah, shop. Continuing on with, the, with that effort. 
Right. And I know the Lord's led you in some unconventional ways there. I don't know if I mentioned to you that after we were with you there in Germany, of course, we continued on to Italy. Mm. And the night before I left uh, Italy, we encountered some folks who were Sri Lankan Mm -hmm. in in a restaurant there as uh, last meal I had in Italy. And they it was a very interesting encounter coming from the fact that we, I had learned a fair amount about Sri Lanka and talked with you more than I knew before. And these guys were so kind to us. They actually live in Australia mm. and put to me a very direct invitation mm-hmm. to come and visit them in Australia. Mm. I was, I can tell you that that trip meant a lot to me and those types of things that are not possible to happen by accident. Right. Right. <laughs> You just go, wow, Lord, you, yeah. like you say, he's connecting us up in ways that we can't imagine mm-hmm. for his purposes and to take the, the mission that we're all working in forward. So right. thanks for, thanks for sharing those things. Uh, so what, what would you like here? We're coming to a close of our time. What would you like to mention in terms of perhaps about your mission, what you guys are trying to accomplish or something you're observing? spiritually that you think uh, you have an incredible vantage point. I think that the Lord's given you connecting you to some people on the ground and in different places. Mm. Is there something that comes to mind that you would like to emphasize here as we're closing our time together? Uh, could be anything from your specific mission or even into a broader perspective of the mission of the gospel. Mm. Anything come to mind, Daniel? Yes, I will. I, I would say it's not one mission, not not the only the place in Sri Lanka which is on my heart, or it's where I feel this what's all about. Because you know, I'm I'm part of the leadership of ACCI, Adventist Cross Cultural Initiative, and mm. and and the heart and the mind is the mm. same. How do we? How do we help people to find their their place? What God has called them to do, you know. There, there, there's so much potential. It's all about people actually helping, encouraging, and seeing them do what the Lord has them to do. Now, the work in Sri Lanka, we are always depending on people, connections, on on links. We're talking about, but everywhere we go, we need those right links. And some links we hook up with might drain our power, energy, and strength. So the importance is, how do we connect with the right things? How do we encourage everyone around us for the the direction the Lord has called them to? And that's why I'm also happy to be part of ACCI, because that is the same heart, a total different field, but it's the same heart. We need to be effective on the front line, everyone. So don't let's not waste time, energy, mm-hmm. and yes. pro- programs, which are very easy to be adopted in churches and in missions, but not asking the Lord. And this is this is the main point. I can only give what I have. I I can only lead mm. or or do what I have in myself. When I learn something in a school or or on a paper, mm. I can pass on my knowledge. But if I have what I have in my heart, what the Lord is showing me is teaching me is is growing in me that only I can pass on and and link. So while I'm spending time with the Lord, while I'm learning, while I'm coming to the Lord and ask him, I want to be close to you. 
that helps me to connect to the right links, to the right people, to give the right word of encouragement, to say the right things. Not always 100%, of course, but the main focus is not even the mission. The main focus is the sure. Lord for my personal mm. life, which helps me to to do the work, mm. to connect to the people, yeah. to be effective, to encourage people and to do what he calls me to do. But if the source, if my time with the Lord is not there, not really alive, I will only give what I have. And if I don't have the source, I will mm. run out of power, of energy. I might hook up with the wrong people. I mean, with the wrong, not the wrong people, but, yeah. the, you know, not what the Lord has called me to do. There are many good things out there, but not what the Lord has specific yeah. asked me to do. So just getting in the wrong, I mean, maybe have the wrong connection or mm. maybe we're that person if we're disconnected in the in the principal way that we're going to be that link yeah. that drains the power from the chain. I mean, I think mm. there have been times in my life where I struggled to have the right primary connection, talking about with the Lord. And then in that way, I was uh, maybe something yeah. that was diminishing the overall power of what God was trying to accomplish. And of course, that gets connected properly and gets corrected, and the Lord continues to lead us on forward. But right. making the main thing the most important thing is what I hear you saying. I appreciate you saying that very much. Again, appreciate you, your family, and and the time. Looking forward to getting to know you and and your family more. And I'd love to get to Sri Lanka and take a look at what you guys are doing somewhere downrange, and also grab you and take you to Melbourne <laughs> to meet the people who are who are originally from Sri Lanka but are of course long timers in Australia now. So no right. all that's so connected and it means something I need to yeah. continue to look for the Lord to make that clear. Thank you for joining us, Daniel. Again, if if someone would like to reach out to you or find out more about the ministry there, what you guys are doing, ACCI, you've mentioned. I believe that website is adventive.ca, as in Canada, adventive.ca. And your email there is, is it Daniel at adventive.ca? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. And folks can find out, you know, if they want to reach out to you or maybe somebody who has heard this is got something to do in the Bible side or in the being a donkey for Jesus or some side right. that could get connected in that bigger chain of difference making that we're all a part of. Yeah. Yeah. That's a book you recommended from Paul Hathaway in yes. Asian Harvest, because it shows much about the heart of missions and, you know, what are the difficulties and what to look out for and to be encouraged actually to be part of the kingdom. So I can really recommend that book. No, oh, thank you so much for recommending that to me again. An Asian Harvest by Paul Hathaway. I highly recommend that book. It it was impactful to me on my perspective and super thankful I've been doing this a little while. I think no matter where you are in your in your trajectory of involvement in missions, you're going to get something from that book. It's an incredible testimony and story of Paul Hathaway's contribution up to now. So thanks again, Daniel, for sharing that with me. If you will, we'll look for you downrange to join us for another From the Forefront podcast. Uh, maybe we can do the next one on location. I'm hoping to see you this fall uh, stateside if it still works out. So looking forward to that. 
Yeah. We're most likely will be in the States in September. Awesome. Awesome. Well, do send our love to your family there, and we appreciate you being here. If you will, stick with me just a sec, and I'll double back. For for each person who's who's heard here and who's listened to this, I want to encourage you, as we've been encouraged by Daniel, to look for the main thing and make that the main thing and, and get your direction in terms of your contribution uh, from the Lord himself. He knows how to connect his body. Only he knows how, and he does it for maximum effect. So thanks again, Daniel. Blessings to you. We'll, we'll talk very soon, I hope. As for me and us at FX Missions, thanks for listening to the From the Forefront podcast. If you'd like to contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. Thanks for joining us for the FX Missions podcast, From the Forefront. If you'd like to find out more about FX Missions, please do so at our blog, fxmissions.com. Quite a bit of content out there. We hope you enjoy it. Also, if you'd like to rate us on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use, we would really appreciate it. And find out more about today's guest at our Facebook page. Just search for From the Forefront on Facebook. If you know of someone who should be featured on from the forefront because of their forefront missions experience or exploits, please reach out to us at info at fxmissions.com. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, I'm Scott McClelland, and you have a good one.